And then you just kind of smack your head and go, oh, he's so cute because he's such a doofus. Welcome back to another episode of All Booked, Strong Municipal Libraries podcast, where we talk to you about the books we'd like to recommend. And Rachel and Sabrina are joining us to review more inspiring reads for us today. In this case, the book in question is The Thief of Blackfriars Lane, and it's by Michelle Greep. Is that how you say her name? That's how we say it. Okay. (laughs) That's what we think, anyway. So how about you tell us how a thief can be inspirational that's a really good question honestly with this this author is one of our favorite authors of all time yeah love her books not this one as much as others okay not this particular book we enjoyed it we yeah but it wasn't our favorite of hers yeah well i'm trying to figure out like a way to like dive into it because it was one of those like you could stay connected to it but i realized as I was reading it, that I was missing some context. Oh. And I, I think that it was because I was speed reading, because I, I do that <laughs> sometimes, and I read to escape, and I and I definitely escape during this book. But. I would agree with that in that there were several scenes where I would read through it, and then I would stop and go, wait a minute, what just happened? And it yeah. was weird that we both did that same thing with this book, but we like hadn't discussed it beforehand, but... We Afterwards, it. we were like, hey, did you do that? And I, yeah, I did that too. And I was weird. I don't know why it was. Are we both stressed? Because our lives, are we stressed? I don't know. And we're not like focusing on our escaping? Some people stress eat. We stress read. That's true. <laughs> That's true. So how about you tell us a little bit about the setting then? Yeah. So, That's a good question. So um, I'm having a hard time remembering parts Friars of the book <laughs> because okay. it was such a speed read that I have to remind myself. So I mean, it wasn't it was like a complex book. There was a lot of yeah, different like, some stuff going on. Yeah. But it was yeah. set in London. Yep. Victorian London. Mm-hmm. And it stars Jackson Forge, who is a newly minted constable mm-hmm. for the London PD. First day. First, first day. page is his first day. He's yeah. headed to work. Yes. I'm guessing he maybe runs into a thief. He does run he into does, a thief. So but the he thief, doesn't know. He does not know. On his first day to work but his character to me was very Dudley Do-Right like he was like a puppy so (laughs) anxious to do good that he just ended up stepping all over himself and acting a fool and falling and making so many mistakes yes (laughs) and then you just kind of smack your head and go oh he's so cute because he's such a doofus right and so then he meets Kit Turner who is the thief of Blackfriars Lane (laughs) I gotta gotta stop for a second Rachel when they introduced Kit Turner, they introduced her as Kit. So I knew her as this woman, you know, who was doing great things for the, the poor in the community. And then when they brought her back, they called her Turner. And so for, for chapter two, I was confused on why we had two people. <laughs> why Jackson was talking to two people when there was truly only two of them? Like, why was there three? And so I was very confused until I realized that her full name was Kit Turner. So that's one of those little details where you're like, wait, hold on. What's what? her full name? Catherine. Okay. Because yeah. I was like, Kit's a nickname for Christopher. I was pretty sure. Yes. So I was very confused. Yeah. Also for Catherine. Yeah. Also okay. for Catherine. Yeah. yeah. And so that that was... Yeah, that's the thief uh, we learn. And so she's actually very Robin Hood-esque. So she steals from the rich to give to the poor, but she doesn't ever steal, interestingly enough. She just lets rich people, through the goodness of their heart, give her money. So she typically acts like a very poor single mom, and she'll bump into somebody, and they'll drop their money, and she'll be like, oh, here's your money back. 
and then she'll look very frail and hungry and have a kid and crying. A small boy like yeah. run up and be like, "Mom, mom, I'm so hungry." And then <laughs> the people, out of the goodness of their heart, will be like, "Oh, here, take Thanks some money." Thanks so much for returning my money. Like, let me give you some. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that happens to Jackson. Like first chapter, uh, first two pages. And I'm guessing he falls for it. He, he does, does. <laughs> and he gives does. her like a good sizable amount of money. And he's like, "Look at me doing good things on my first day as a constable." And then he shows up late, and he starts this whole. Oh, man, he's just always in trouble with his supervisor and he's he's making promises he can't keep. And so that's how they end up in this mess is because there's someone's missing. Joe. Joe. Is missing. And so Kit has a very fatherly relationship. Yeah, like he's a, an a, older. Um, he drives a cart. A cabbie. A, a cabbie. Yeah. yeah. And so he's sort of a father figure to her because her dad, she never knew her dad. And so he sort of disappears and she takes care of her neighborhood. That's what she does. That's why yeah. she's getting all the money so that she can give it to the poor mom who's sick and can't afford to go to the hospital and things like that. So she's very Robin Hood. Yeah. And so she is looking for Joe, as is Mr. Forge, Jackson Forge, who it's, is basically like, if you don't find this lost guy, you're fired because he's messed up so many times at this point yeah Yeah. so then they sort of end up at the same place at the same time and figure out they're both looking for the same person so they decide to work together to find him so jackson sounds like such a doofus does he have redeeming qualities (laughs) he does does. and and like and we 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 joke like you can only put yourself in so many bad situations but the man really does really does put himself in just multiple it's like Multiple. he doesn't understand the politics, like the politics of how life really works. He's mm-hmm. just like, if you do the right thing, good things will happen. But, but no, there's some politics. And he doesn't ever stop there. to ask, like, right. ask questions or like learn more information. He's just like, I'm right and I, I'm doing the right thing and that's all that matters. Everything else will fall into place. So he he does so painstakingly follow Kit all over London. All over London. To try and figure out where this missing cabbie has gone. And it leads them on this wild goose chase among I I almost like dark lords who are like I don't know how to describe dark those guys. Lords. Well, cuz they they live in the underground part of London. So like legitimately, they have to go down like through the tunnels. Through the tunnels oh, and yeah. and like the muck and the sewer lines and everything to get to where these people live. And so it feels very dark lord. They're like pawnbrokers. Okay, so it's and the like, star of like the gritty romance novels right? set in Victorian England. Yes. Like those people. So, yes. <laughs> They're fences, yeah. right? Kind sort of. Sort of. Yeah, 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 that's a good, yeah. They like, do some of that. You know, stuff falls off a truck and I pick it up yeah. and now it's mine to pawn and yeah. those yeah. sorts of things. Yes. Yeah. And so... Jackson follows her through all of this and is like a literal sewer, a literal (laughs) so many times. And at every turn, he's always like, I've got to remember this. That way I can bring these people to justice. But he doesn't realize is that he's never going to find these sewer places again. Like he's never going to find these people again. But it's everything he can do to keep up with Kit, who just slides into places, holes, crannies, like from hiding from other constables and bad guys. And at one point they end up down by the wharf, which was so fascinating Mm. to me because he's like, oh, I'm going to go talk to this guy who has a boat. And she's like, no, you're not. And he's like, oh, yes, I am. Like he's so just, I'm going to go do it. Like, I'm going to take care of it. And she's like, you can't talk their language. And he, like, laughs at her. 
But then he gets down there and he's not wrong. He truly can't. It's like a dialect, like the slang, slang, like she can keep up, but he doesn't even know a word that they're saying. Mm -hmm. So he really matures streetwise in working with Kat as they go through their adventure. It did feel a little far-fetched at times, but, you know, we redo Escape, so it's fine. So it was fine for us. Is What class is Kit from? Like, is she originally wealthy? Is she poor? She's a poor Um, orphan. She's a poor orphan that was given up for... For adoption. Found um, home. A family home. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And the only thing she has is like a little button mm-hmm. that was like donated with her when she, I say donated. Like to like identify to her. To identify mm-hmm. her. It was um, a button off of her dad's jacket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Jackson actually has that and is kind of holding it hostage so that they can work together. So that's the only reason she's even entertaining being around him because he is... So slow when it comes to street things. <laughs> Just so he's really slow. hard. But he's really mouth. quick when it comes to punching people and like pulling out his gun and stuff like that. So he yeah. has redeeming qualities and he really yeah. is a great guy. And and he really does want to learn mm-hmm. to be a good constable. He just he grew up in the country and he just has no clue about human nature and how yeah. deviant city it could life. be. Like right? He really doesn't get city life <laughs> hardly at all. So you said so. he matures a little with his like street know-how. Does it make him a better constable at the end like is he better at his job sabrina is laughing you can't see this because it's a podcast but she started laughing to herself when well, i asked that question well okay so spoiler at one point he's no longer a constable <laughs> so, no, so i thought it was funny the way you phrased it because no it didn't help him become a better constable no, but it did help him become a better person to fight for why he should be a constable yeah. and so then he was able to really come together in a and tell a really good story to to sort to of a good resolution there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was a good ending as far as like he really came to to be a mature, yeah, London. Guy. He came full circle. Yeah, he did. He came full circle. <laughs> and Kit was just kind of there to see it all happen. Is so, that something that you see a lot in inspirational slash historical fiction? Like a m- main like male protagonist who is very naive and like. And, and then, like the the, the say, female protagonist is like, let me tell you how life really works. It's pretty rare, from what we've read so yeah. far. I mean, mm-hmm. not that we've read every book out there, but close. No, yeah, it's it's typically <laughs> so the other way around, right? Like she yeah. typically is the naive one, and he's teaching her. But no, it, so it was sort of fun in that respect mm-hmm. to to have those roles reversed because Kit was she was a pretty kick butt girl, you know, she knew yeah. stuff yeah, and she go. could make it happen and get through life and figure it out. But still, I don't want to say keep her innocence, but still want to do the right thing for the right reasons because typically you know if you grow up in a lifestyle like that that's not always the case so so that was actually really believable and really to me inspiring that Mm -hmm. that can actually happen and it was believable in the sense that you could see someone really behaving that way definitely so I'm guessing that there is kind of a romantic tension that blossoms between the two of them. Of course. Uh, but right now I'm getting very strong like Beauty and the Bumpkin vibes. Right? Like, does it feel natural or does it feel forced? It does in the book. It does, okay. feel, it does natural. feel natural. It really does. Because they do end up helping each other out more than what than what we're than what we're okay. saying. I and think. learning I from each other. Like she from, learns yeah. a lot from him and he obviously learns a lot from her. Because at one point like the tables are turned and they're no longer in like the underworld trying to get things done they end up you know at like a fancy the mayor's mansion yeah Yeah. and they have to try and fit in and they do very well for the most part because i was wondering how you could have a blossoming romance if you're like trudging around in the sewers the whole time (laughs) right yeah michelle grieb did a good job she really did (laughs) she did she's she's one of our favorite authors because 
she really does tell a really great story. A lot of her stories, which Rachel first pointed this out to me, and I didn't I didn't catch on on my own until she pointed out. And then now, like every book I read from her, I, I, I get it. Is she really pulls from those classic books? Like this one is very Robin Hood. Very Robin Hood. Um, mm-hmm. She has one captured, captured bride. Captive heart. Captive heart. Yeah. Something like that. Very Last of the Mohicans. Very. There was one that was very Jane Eyre-esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's one that was very like uh, Jane Austen. So it's like mm-hmm. she has yeah. sort of these favorite classic novels similar to what we love. And then she, you can clearly see, oh, this is a Cinderella story, right? Oh, this mm-hmm. is a that story. And so her characters and her storylines tend to kind of have those things. So you really enjoy reading it. Like she has a couple that are very Charles Dickens. Yeah, Charles Dickens. I was yes. like, I just said that wrong. No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and I think because Rachel and I really read to escape. So, like, all we want to do is, like, read a good book and make our hearts happy. So, like, we're okay with with knowing that, like, as we start to read this and be like, oh, yeah, it's so, such a Robin Hood story. And, like, keep reading and be completely okay with that. If yeah. you are not and you're looking for something totally different than something you've read before, she might not be the, the author for you. I yeah. will say there's something very comforting about the nostalgia of a story line that you already know with new characters. There's a reason that they made, like, fives and Cinderella stories, right? That, very true. Because people are are really just soothed by knowing how a story is going to end, but still being able to meet new characters. Yes, mm-hmm. and there's just enough new in Michelle's work that that even though you know it's oh it's following the storyline path or it's these characters are very similar, there's still always something new yeah. and something fun to read. So. And she always has great author's notes. Yes, you guys know me. <laughs> yes. I love a good author's note. Yes, I do love her author's notes. So. And did you learn anything interesting from this particular book? I think I was really fascinated with just in general how they really did have those fences. That's a much better word than Dark Lords. That I, <laughs> I don't like Dark Lord better, personally. It's very well, fun. that's the vibe you get when I you're like reading. I think they would like Dark Lord better. <laughs> even like the character, even that they're describing him, he's like, he's super pale because he never goes out in the sun. because right. he's always, Right? So it's very Clothed like, he's a shadow. vampire. It wasn't even like Skaggy or something. something like he's like, like the worst names in the world. Right. <laughs> but like learning more about how the, like that kind of operates and how that was like a true thing. And then the family home and how that was that was a thing too like if you were given up for adoption or if your parents or yeah like left you on the stairs left you on the stairs or something like more than likely there was some something kind of came with you Mm -hmm. and they kept really good documentation Mm -hmm. which attaching that documents like to the orphans so that they had those pieces from their you know so that if anybody ever came looking for them or wanted to to research that it was something to identify mm-hmm. them with so mm-hmm. yeah. and they did have really good records of that that people would go research similar to how they do genealogy nowadays and stuff yeah. like that so yeah, exactly. that was pretty interesting yeah that was i liked that i'm trying to think if there's anything else that i i feel like i've read a lot of victoria and victorian England lately. So Cornwall. Yeah, Cornwall. That's I actually mean, what I was about to ask you. So yeah. before we went on air, you were both talking about how inspirational fiction is in such demand that it tends to be very trend driven. Do it you is. feel like there's a lot of stuff coming out specifically in the Victorian era right now? Or is well, it just popular in general? I would say like last six to eight months because remember Erica Vetch's mm, series, yeah. Gentleman's by Lieutenant yeah. something? Also. Like those were all mm-hmm. England. Yeah. I feel like that was a that was a thing for a while. We read House on the Moor, which it's not really exactly. Yeah, it does feel kind of cyclical, yeah, though. It does. Yeah, I'm trying to think of that whole time period. Like, and that was when Cornwall came out. And we had all those Cornwall books, <laughs> I read like five of those. Yeah, because they definitely bounce around. Like Victorian, I feel like is popular for a short period of time, and then like 
regency and yeah. then like they, they there's like a few two like 200 years and in, yeah. in, in england in general that people like to focus on so it's interesting to see a victorian one because i feel like i don't see many victorian inspirational novels like that's a very like of the historical things that's very modern i guess because it's like late 1800s late 1800s yeah yeah and that's definitely what this one was yeah. no poofy uh, dresses everyone's got like right? slim a slim silhouette <laughs> yeah i'm trying to think so in the last year year and a half like i read some that were focused in america which were really like historical fictions focused in america yeah. inspirational but i haven't seen any really new ones come out for I'm that i think of even of the so we sort of tend to read the same authors that we love and if they come yeah. up with something new then we'll read their new book but all of our authors seem to be doing victorian cornwall it's regency stuff england England's all england london <laughs> all of that yeah yeah nothing really new and i really kind of enjoy some of the other ones i mean i'm, I'm a little england out i think a little <laughs> you bit. said the same thing about world war ii so it, it just seems like especially because you like the history so much yeah reading the same setting or time period probably isn't as exciting yeah and i mean it's safe it's all about safety for me when i read like i just want to read and just i'm just for the next three hours is what i'm doing you know safe and i think i think i am ready for something a little bit more because the only other thing that i've read besides textbooks um (laughs) Yeah, has literally only I cannot think of a single book that wasn't based in England. So yeah, it's definitely cyclical. I'm ready for something else. I want something really random, like Alaska. Oh, oh wait, we did read those Brit Yeah, we did read Alaska. Judy Headland. Oh yeah. All four of the Brideship series. Forgot it. Yeah, that was like Vancouver. Yeah. yeah. Well, Vancouver. Yeah, yeah close enough. Yeah. You were like, eh. I just want something random. You know, I just want to <laughs> learn those about were something really good new. stories. Those were really good they stories. Were really... I learned a lot. Yeah. Maybe do a little Wild West. Ooh. I could little Yeah. You know, a little more modern. I was trying to random. get her into a World War One series, but she wasn't digging it. So, Rosanna White. I know exactly <laughs> which ones you're talking about. I just too much war. Yeah, I just don't like when everyone dies. <laughs> it is funny that you're talking about wanting to move away from England because one of the other really big subgenres in inspirational fiction is Amish fiction, <laughs> which you guys both avoid, right? Avoid like the plague. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably how the England thing. <laughs> Yeah, I just I'm not into Amish. I, I don't know if I've said this on on I don't air think before. You have, okay, so, go for so it. let me say it. So I was probably middle school. I've always been a big reader ever since I was little. I read Gone with the Wind in like fifth, sixth grade. It was like one of those I'm going to be a grown up and read. So I was always trying to like read books that were older than my age. And I got an Amish book from I don't know where. None of my family reads Amish, so I have no idea. But I didn't know it was Amish. I bet you I picked it up at like a half price books, thinking like, oh, like this is popular. And, you know, they have the bonnets and everything on the front cover. I didn't think anything of it until, like, I was reading. I was, like, halfway through the book and, like, the daughter had, like, taken her bonnet off and, like, the other boy from down like the couple farms over like seeing her hair and like it was this big thing and suddenly she had to get married and I was terrified because I didn't understand what was happening and I thought if a boy sees your hair you have to get married and that's a little seventh grade Sabrina was like what is happening? I didn't even finish the book. I was too traumatized. I was like, boys have seen my hair. Like, what is so going many? On? Am I married so to many? all of them? <laughs> and it was just, it was so much for me. And I have never been able to pick up another Amish book again because I just, I can't get past it. And I'm sure it has a wonderful culture and all of that. But I just, it's seventh grade. Me just can't 
can't, I can't do that to seventh grade Sabrina. I can't, I can't go back to that. So, yeah, I don't read Amish. It's a big surprise when people find out that Rachel and I do not read Amish fiction because it's such a big part of it. It is. is a huge inspiration. Because to many people, it's the only part. When they it think is, inspirational yeah. fiction, yeah. they're like, oh, the Amish They books. just see a no. picture of a, of a woman in a bonnet looking, right? away, from looking away from the camera. <laughs> Let's be real here. That is like 40% Probably. maybe of Easily. that collection is Very Amish. Easily. Which is yeah. why these guests are so important because they show us the other half. <laughs> the other 60%. Yes. The other 60%. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much for reviewing another inspirational read for us. I know that is a very, very popular section here at the library, so it's always nice to have reviews of them. And stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations. Bye. Bye.